And again, good morning. So glad you are with us today. This is the first Sunday of May, and usually uh, we are horsing around. Amen? But the Derby has been delayed, and so we will have to wait. And some of you are used to me uh, trotting out painful pony puns on Derby weekend, uh, but that too uh, you will have to, <laughs> to wait for until Labor Day, I guess, hopefully. But uh, anyway, our text today men mentioned sheep and not horses, so uh, that would be a stretch for me to get there. But, <clears throat> but, but as a pun-loving pastor, uh, there is some potential in the pasture. Uh, dare I pull the wool over your eyes and add a few ovine lines? I, I'm, I'm, I don't know. Uh, I, could, I could tell you this morning that, that a sheep's most common traffic violation uh, is a U-turn, but I, I, won't, I won't mention that. I, I could tell you their fa favorite truck is a Dodge Ram. Um, uh, beloved sheep songs, uh, Stephen, you know many of these. I only have eyes for you. Um, the bleat goes on. Uh, Wooly Bully is popular. Um, some of their favorite Christmas songs, Fleece Navidad, um, I'm Getting Mutton for Christmas. I, I, of course, all of this is sheer nonsense, a bad thing to do in a sermon, so you know, I might have to go on the lamb, so I'll pass on the pun. So uh, thank you uh, for your <clears throat> patience. Anyway, let's turn our attention to this text from John 10 today. Our current, current sermon series is called Recognizing Resurrection, and so far we've thought about seeing signs of new life in the midst of even our tears, seeing signs of new life in the beauty of God's creation, and seeing signs of resurrection even in the midst of our doubts. Uh, today we will think about hearing the voice of our shepherd. Jesus says in this text, my sheep hear my voice. Uh, sheep recognize the language of the shepherd, and they are gregarious. They are social animals. Uh, the flock that will graze together stays together. Uh, they sense their security and safety in numbers, and a deflocked sheep will keep repeating high-pitched bleeding until reunited with the rest of the flock. They do not like to be lonely. They have FOMO. They don't want to miss out. And so together they follow the shepherd's voice. Listening together is a key component uh, to this relationship. Uh, sheep also have extremely keen hearing, uh, caller ID, if you will, voice discernment uh, software. I, I don't know, but it makes them uh, able to discern the voice of their particular shepherd uh, amidst all the other voices around. Uh, they naturally follow the one they per perceive to be a protector and friend, particularly if food is provided. That sounds a lot like my son, uh, actually. So, uh, and, and sheep aren't as dumb as we think, um, unless they're scared, right? Uh, fear does weird things to, to critters. Uh, unfortunately, their reputation for stupidity comes from the fact that they're frightened of just about everything. Uh, fear causes the flock to unfold, to disintegrate, and when sheep are driven apart, they become vulnerable to predators, and that's when the wolves and the thieves and the bandits and the lions and the tigers and bears appear. Oh, my. But, 
But I, I really believe in my heart of hearts this is still a meaningful metaphor for all of us today. We still get this. We still understand. And so the question this morning, I think, is, is are we listening? Uh, do we hear that voice? In the Bible, God speaks directly with folks of all ages. Some people read these accounts of hearing God's voice as miracles that really did happen, but maybe no longer take place. Some see them as folkloric flourishes to ancient stories and tales. But I wonder, do we hiccup today when someone says they heard God's voice? How does that make you feel? It has been said that when you talk to God, it's called prayer. But when God talks to you, it's called schizophrenia. And yet, many of us believe, I believe, that God still speaks to us today. And when we hear that voice, when we get that nudge, we have a variety of ways in which we can respond. We are usually all ears when we need something, right? We're, we're all ears when the voice offers comfort, when life is tough, when we are hammered by horrible headlines or happenings, we are eager to hear the words of the shepherd. At other times, I think we listen selectively or we listen when it's convenient. And sometimes I think we're caught up in the cacophony of, of other voices around us, all competing for our time and attention and energy and loyalties. For instance, how many of you are weary of all the COVID-19 discussions and debate? I'm, I'm just tired. I, I've had to turn it off. It, it, sometimes it's just too much. It's too heavy. Uh, it, it's TMI and TMM, if you will. Too much information and too much misinformation, uh, especially from folks who are supposed to be our good shepherds. You know, so, some folks have actually tried the recommendations of supposedly trusted individuals, uh, you know, <laughs> offering these bogus COVID-19 cures. For instance, these have been offered up to us as ways to healing, uh, drink as much water as you can, drown yourself, basically, uh, gargle with water, salt water, vinegar, take immunity-boosting drugs, minerals, vitamins, teas, oils. Here's, a <laughs> Here's something you can work into your morning routine, inhaling air from a blow dryer. <sighs> that, that has gotten over... That's gotten over half a million views already of people trying it. Ah! Eating garlic, try that one. It doesn't work, but folks will stay six feet away. All right? Over 700 people are dead in Iran because they took methanol. Jim Baker the televangelist who spent time in jail already for defrauding followers into supporting his extravagant lifestyle is at it again. You might have seen his commercial holding a black bottle of what's called silver solution. He says, we've tested this. It works on just about everything. He's already being sued. And the shepherd-in-chief suggested ingesting or injecting bleach and a lot of sheeple 
A lot of sheeple ended up in already overcrowded hospitals. And so we hear the voices of politicians and preachers and performers and all kinds of people. We are bombarded by ads and appeals from all over the place. And and most of us rarely experience real quiet anymore. Our technological devices and gadgets and phones give us 24-7 surround sound, and it's so hard to turn it off. We might miss something important. Do we listen to Alexa or Siri more than the shepherd? Alexa alone already works with more than 20,000 smart home devices representing 3,500 brands. Imagine that. Her voice emanates from more than 100 third-party gadgets, including headphones, security systems, and automobiles. Alexa, Alexa, are you listening? We know you're listening. But can we trust you? Henry Nouwen says that we are to help each other. We've got to help each other focus on the real but often hidden event of God's active presence in our lives. Our challenge is not to be busy. Our challenge is not to be busy, but to keep from being so busy that we can no longer hear the voice of God. There are too many other voices competing for our attention and telling us that we are less than we are. There's a voice that says, prove it. Prove that you really are a good person. There's a voice out there that says, oh, you should be ashamed of yourself. There is a voice out there that says, oh, nobody really cares about you. There is a voice out there that says the only way uh, to go in this life is to become successful and popular and powerful. But underneath all of those very noisy voices is that still small voice that says, you are my beloved. You are loved and my favor rests upon you. And that's the voice, that is the voice we really need to hear. But it requires some solitude and some silence and some patience and and a, a strong willingness and determination to listen. Prayer is listening to the voice that calls us beloved. And we've got to be intentional. We've got to make some space for that to happen. We've got to we've got to tune in. And not just for our own spiritual health and well-being. We're also called to listen and then follow the shepherd in service. We're called to arise and and listen and be all ears, but we're also called to, to listen and arise and follow the shepherd's example in ministry. One woman shares these thoughts about the need for us to also respond. She talks about folks for whom only their lives matter. Do you know folks like that? Uh, Other people's suffering lies beyond uh, their awareness and care. She describes this condition as moral deafness. We become numb to the needs of the folks around us. Are we listening? Are we just too busy to be bothered? Are are we looking for the next diversion, planning the next event, considering the next purchase, responding to the latest post? A pastor was uh, teaching children about the 23rd Psalm. Stephen did a beautiful job this morning outlining some of those principles. But the pastor uh, was explaining that sheep need some guidance and that a shepherd's job is to stay close to the sheep 
and protect them. And he pointed to all of the little, little children gathered in the room and he said, oh, you all are all like sheep and you need lots of guidance and care. And then he raised his eyebrows and looked at the children and said, um, so if you all are sheep, then what does that make me? Without hesitation, a girl said, Jesus, Jesus is the shepherd. This was not the, uh, not the answer the pastor expected. He, he asked, you know, if Jesus is a shepherd, who am I? And, and the girl said, I guess you must be the sheepdog. <laughs> that little girl was wise beyond her years. She nailed it. Jesus not only needs sheep to listen, but sheepdogs and more shepherds and under-shepherds and so forth. And, and, and so many of you are good at, at listening and hearing this voice. You're, you're tuned in. You're on the on the spiritual wavelength you need to be the shepherd calls and 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 you hear and you follow and you get it and and a number of you have shared some very meaningful examples and stories uh, lately and I appreciate your sharing one church member sent me a picture of a profound poster the message in the poster said let us visit the lonely feed the hungry house the homeless stop the killing and heal the sick After that, we can sit around and argue about religion. Mm, 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 mm. Former Surgeon General Vivek Murthy wrote a new book, Together, The Healing Power of Connection. He describes another scourge in our country, and that scourge is loneliness. He says that as a society, we have never been so isolated. With the lockdown, many people go days or weeks without seeing anybody, especially if they lack tech connections. Adults with strong social connections are 50% less likely to die prematurely. He says loneliness has the power to kill. But, but the good news is that connection, connection has an even greater potential to heal and keep us healthy. One journalist wrote, much has been written about the destructive power of social media, but I've found it can also be a source of comfort. I know because I've experienced those comforts firsthand. My mother has COVID-19 and she is fighting for her life in a New York City hospital. Normally I just tweet about politics, but these are desperate times. And so I tweeted My 91-year-old mom is in the hospital, and I would be grateful for your prayers. Immediately, the spiritual floodgates opened as my feed filled with messages of empathy and love and compassion. Kindness, kindness just poured in from friends and supporters and antagonists alike. One person was honest enough to say, I despise your political perspectives, but I pray with every fiber of my being that your mom is okay. He said, I got praying hands emojis from folks of all different kinds of faiths. In our common struggles, we found some common ground. One study showed that including strangers in your your social network can hurt your self-esteem, and that can be true. But this week, 
This week, my family and I were enveloped in a compassionate embrace of countless people we don't know. Over two and a half million people saw my tweet and over 250,000 engaged, either reading, liking, responding, or sharing it. And so he said to all who are praying for my mom, thank you. I'm so glad because I believe in the power of prayer. Friends, these lockdown days, these lockdown days can be lonely and they can be tough. And if you're homeschooling, maybe you want to be a little more lonely. I don't know. (laughs) But these lockdown days, these lockdown days can also provide some unique opportunities for us to see what we haven't been seeing in years, to notice what we haven't noticed in too long. And, and we've got more time to spend on some important things, like this God thing. We, we've got more time to, to spend in prayer. We've got more time to intentionally listen to the voice. We, and then we've got a little more time to let our voices become pathways for, for God's voice to be heard. Now, now, we don't have to make headlines. We don't have to make headlines to make a difference. Great love and great care can be communicated in calls and cards and notes and letters and simple acts of kindness. And now we do. We do have this wide array of digital devices and when used wisely and well, they can keep us virtually connected. And so friends, hey, listen up. (laughs) Listen up, you are loved. You are loved. And, and, and rise up and share that love with others.